0: And the Extra Point is good.
1: Our number two of Extra Point here on KDOS AM 1060. Follow along with us online at KDOS1060.com. And with the KDOS 1060 app, only a few more days for me to keep saying this. Sixth row hoops tickets, contest played downtown Phoenix, all the food, all the drink available for our winner. To get yourself eligible, Download the KDOS 1060 app, register so we know who you are, and then... If you are selected the winner, you can go enjoy yourself a night out of hoops. Uh, six throw hoops tickets, that contest ends the end of January, which is just a few days away. And then next week, the return of the WM Phoenix Open. We have general admission tickets for you uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And those are also through the KDOS 1060 app. It is Monday. It is January 29th. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro here with you. Hour number one. We spent a lot of time dissecting the AFC championship game. What's next for the Baltimore Ravens? Obviously, what's next for the Kansas City Chiefs includes a trip to Las Vegas to compete in the Super Bowl. We'll get into the NFC side of things here momentarily. But first, let's reset the scene with today's poll questions. And we'll get things started with the KDOS1060.com poll question. Did you believe at any point this season that the Chiefs were finished Yes and no is now in a 50-50 split. So we'll see if we can bust out of that tie here when we answer the question around 1230 today. Over on X at KDOS AM 1060, should Dan Campbell be criticized for his second half Fourth down decisions during Sunday's 34-31 loss to the 49ers. Yes, continues to lead the way. 75.6% of the vote. No trailing at 24.4%. Another question that gets answered around 12.30. Phone calls, if you'd like to chime in with your observations from the games, 602-260-1060 is the number, and we'll do that around 12.15 today. So let's get into it. The NFC Championship game with the 49ers on top, 34-31. The Lions, though, they had themselves a 24-7 lead at halftime, and the Lions were just completely dominating the line of scrimmage. It included over 133 rushing yards in the first half. What the Lions wanted is what the Lions got. They were dictating on both sides of the ball.
0: They absolutely were. I mean, their first two possessions, they scored touchdowns, 14-0 lead, then led 21-7. And they didn't score another touchdown the rest of the game until the final minute when they were down 34-24 and the Niners were in pass prevent and their other guys in the uh, sidelines were already celebrating.
1: Yeah, I've seen video of, I think it was C.J. Gardner-Johnson waving to the crowd in the second quarter uh, so that that's not a good look. A
0: terrible game yesterday, by the way. He was absolutely awful. Uh, yeah, I'm not, I don't have the grades of the players or whatever. I can't imagine a player in either game yesterday was worse than he was. He was terrible.
1: Yeah, and I think he was the one that was chirping with Debo Samuel all week. So that oh, did, yeah. oh, that yeah. didn't end oh, up oh, well. <laughs> he's,
0: been, he's been chirping with Debo for literally literally a year now. I mean, this has been going on for a really since the Eagles. He was with the Eagles. I mean, since the Eagles, you, know, they, they got the the the, uh, you know, the uh, you know, social media, you know, you know, war or whatever. Uh, after that, you know, after uh, you know, basically Brock Purdy got hurt last year. I mean, that's where that all started. That's been going on literally for one year.
1: Uh, to open up the third quarter, though, the 49ers, they marched down the field. They settled for a 43-yard field goal, but they took the points, 24-10, making it a two-possession huh. pos- game. Take
0: the points. Let me think this over. Take the points. Okay, sorry, Go ahead.
1: <laughs> So the Lions here, they uh, answer with a drive of their own, but now it kind of stalls out. They're on the San Francisco 28-yard line, 4th and 2, 7.03 to play third quarter Dan Campbell stays true to his aggressive nature and goes for it. Goff had to move a bit in the pocket there. There was some pressure. I think it was Bosa that got the pressure on him. But the ball did hit Reynolds in the hands and he drops it. So it's a turnover on downs. As I mentioned, if they would have taken the opportunity to kick a field goal there, uh, you could then make it a three-possession game. But instead, the 49ers marched down the field aided by a pass that should have been picked off by Vildor. off of his helmet and into the hands of brandon iuke for a 51 yard gain and eventually they score and it's uh uh the lead now is 24 to 17 with the stadium absolutely rocking at that point
0: <laughs> it certainly was uh you yeah, vildor obviously uh, you, know, you hit in the face with the the pass that's not a good thing But I don't think Ayuk is getting enough credit for just the concentration and the level that it takes to make that catch. That was an amazing play.
1: Absolutely, it was an amazing play. There was two kind of crazy plays like that. Like Lamar catches the pass to himself in the AFC game. This one to not give up on the pass uh, and to, to change momentum there for you because i we we both kind of have very similar philosophies about momentum here but i think if there was ever a side for momentum is real it was this moment of being able to get that 51 yard pass play score the touchdown and now instead of being down three possessions you're down one possession and uh then jameer gibbs Fumbles the ball on the first and 10. He seemed to go the wrong way uh, out yeah, of what, what the play call was, and he didn't right. really have control of the ball. Punched out four plays later, and this whole thing is tied up.
0: Yeah, it went to hell fast. Uh, and a lot of interesting plays. Uh, we mentioned You mentioned, I think, the two, one, uh, two big ones that really kind of you know, swung the momentum as you're talking about. You know, you know, the ball off the face mask, and Gibbs clearly went the wrong way. Um, yeah, and that's Greg Olson's last game, is that right, with with Fox? That's sad. I don't think Kevin Burkhart, Yeah, you know, I don't think he's bad, but if you look at Kevin Burkhart, the play-by-play guy, I mean, he doesn't stack up with Buck or, you know, Tirico or Nance. I mean, it's, just, you know, it's a high bar that those guys have set. And Burkhart just says some things and I, I kind of wonder what the hells he thinking and I've thought that for you know a year or so since he took over for Buck as the lead announcer well, I,
1: you know, you brought, brought that up. And, yeah, if this is, in fact, their final game working together, I thought Greg Olson did a fantastic job. Ooh. I mean, this entire second half yeah. was just full of chaos, and he wasn't panicked at all. <laughs> he was calm, explaining things. And then especially there, uh, you know, as the Lions have any sort of opportunity to try to uh, – tie this game up or win it he was calmly explaining what needs to happen with the timeouts what you're looking for what you're doing um so i I thought that he did a, a great job of you walking away from that broadcast understanding what's happening and what should be happening
0: agreed i think the best thing he did yesterday was explaining the defensive strategy Uh, for the Lions for the first half to the second half, about the five down Mm -hmm. linemen, and uh, going to, you know, basically a two linebacker set. And it it was, you know, something that anybody could understand. And, you know, I think I have a pretty decent knowledge of defense, but I learn stuff from Olsen almost every broadcast. And that's like the ultimate compliment for me.
1: Well, definitely to that point uh oh, being able to work with their crew, the production crew, because a lot of things he did like yes. they knew about, too. So they had the production elements ready to go and, and he was able yep. to dissect it, diagram it. They had, you know, to your point, the illustration matching up with what he's talking about so you could understand what the Lions were doing.
0: I think that's a tremendous point. It's a it's a collaborative effort for sure by the, the Fox broadcast team there. And, you know, tells you that uh, he is just not s- just sipping on his soda or watching the cheerleaders during the timeout. Yeah. Back to the game,
1: though, but definitely kudos to Greg Olson there. And if it's his final game in the number one chair, he certainly uh, went out with success. Um, back to the Lions here. So just in general not taking the points in that fourth quarter situation at 703 left to go by 302 left to go in the third quarter the game is tied so to your point it spiraled fast the lions then go three and out the 49ers kick a field goal in the fourth to go up 3 it was their first lead of the game now here we are again it's a fourth and 3 and the lions are going for it 732 to play in the game particularly i didn't like the play call we can we'll save you know what we think about the decision in general but I didn't think that the play call itself offensively allowed for there to be enough outlets knowing that it's fourth down and they are bringing some pressure
0: I think that's fair I think that's more than fair I think that's you know really fair (laughs) so yeah I think I made my point there (laughs) because you did I think that's a very good way to describe that
1: Ah, uh, so then. We move on to uh, the score being 34-24 with 3:02 to play in the fourth quarter. The Lions were able to move the ball. Then here, I alluded to it in uh, the start of hour one, is more suspect clock management here. Needing to really keep your three timeouts for defense here to have any chance at tying this game up or winning the game. I mean, I know you have to score. That's obviously first and foremost here. But you choose to run the ball on third and goal. It ends up going for a loss of yardage. You have to burn a timeout. I mean, if you wanted to run the ball for an element of surprise, maybe at that point, you have to say to yourself, uh, we're just going to do a fire drill and you got to run the the kicking crew out there or something to to kick as fast as possible. But you have to do things that um, are going to keep your timeouts because you basically then gave yourself no opportunity because the onside kick success rate the way it is the last several years is non-existent.
0: Plus, that played completely into the Niners' hands who were at that point of the game more concerned about, you you taking time off the clock than they were you actually giving up points. I mean, you know, there's there's pass-prevent defenses that are bad ideas, and there are, you know, quote, pass-prevent defenses that are good ideas, and the Niners had the right strategy there.
1: There obviously were two dropped passes there by Reynolds, two failed fourth downs, end of game management from the Lions side of things. We'll get into that a little bit more here uh, soon, but let's flip it over to the 49ers side of things. Getting punched in the mouth as early as they did, there continues to be some big questions on defense and specifically the run defense.
0: Yeah, but... Yeah, I understand that to some extent. But uh, for two straight weeks when they needed to make plays in the running game, they did. Uh, so I get it, and I think that's going to be something I'm sure that's probably been talked about. People are already breaking down the, the Chiefs and uh, 49ers game like it starts in five minutes. I'm not smart enough to. I just I need to clear my mind uh, for basically a week. I'm not joking about that. I'm not going to really have any opinion of this game until we get much closer. And then next week and, you know, two Friday spreads from now or two weeks on a Friday, we'll get to the Friday spread and I'll have 7,000 things written down by then and try to figure out how to whittle it down to less than 7,000, uh, which is the one thing I hate about the two weeks between games. Uh, but, you know, that's that is that. But, yeah, uh, you know, I'm just – I'm kind of baffled at this point about all those things, so we'll I'll, I'll, I'll try to whittle it down as much as I can before we get to the actual day before our finally show before the, uh, the actual the, before the Super Bowl. But let, let's see if I can pull that off, which <laughs> I probably I probably won't.
1: Um, we have faith in you here. For, for the for I don't <laughs> <laughs> for the 49ers though the conversation really turned to Brock Purdy and uh seeing the game against the Packers here a lot of people uh, had flipped sides if they were previously pro Brock Purdy they were anti-brock Purdy here but in this game he used his legs at the exact right times uh, to avoid pressure he picked up yards uh, he completed some passes I thought overall he had a really solid game
0: thought he was spectacular. Uh, This game manager crap, which I've been complaining about for like a year, uh, needs to end. I'm sorry. It just needs to end. I mean, he's in a great spot, no doubt. He threw for 267 yards in this game. Much of it was unscripted plays, Uh, you know, improv. He had four runs for first downs. Two of those runs, yeah, I played in the sound package to begin the sports. Zone. Amazing! I didn't. Nobody could expect that, but I mean, he. Those are obviously improvisational plays. In addition, uh, Kyle Shanahan. I'm going to you know, kind of do the empty the bucket thing here. Kyle Shanahan, unlike the Ravens, Todd Munkin did not abandon the run when he was chasing points. Christian McCaffrey ended up with 20 carries for 90 yards. He had another you know, 42 yards on four catches. Debo certainly made a difference. He didn't even appear on the injury report on Friday, as it appears. I uh, ended up with eight catches for 89 yards. Then after the game, though, Debo did say that the shoulder was killing him. Uh, so maybe he should have been on the injury report. It's just, you know, like you know, questionable or whatever. Uh, so there's that. But uh, the Niners in the second half were great on offense. They averaged a little more than eight yards per play in the second half. Uh, the defensive studs made plays. Fred Warner finished with nine tackles. Yeah, Nick Bosa had two sacks in the game. On the other side, uh, the Lions, um, you know, they, they were great. Uh, their offense was tremendous the first part of the game and then pretty much vanished. And to repeat from earlier, they had the two possessions to take the 14-0 lead. 21 to 7 before they scored another touchdown in the final minute when they were already down 34-24 and the Niners were in pass prevent. Jared Goff, much like Lamar Jackson, missed some open receivers. I I actually yeah, the first rush, but the first drop by Reynolds that you mentioned was not a good pass. Uh catchable, but not a great pass. The second one was just a tremendous pass that he flat dropped. But you know, Goff and Jackson both missed open receivers yesterday, and to repeat from earlier, you can't miss chances in championship games to make big plays. Whether it's the quarterback being accurate or ball, balls obviously being dropped, those things both happen. Also, the uh, the Lions' season-long weaknesses I think showed up yesterday. Their defense basically watched the 49ers score. Five consecutive possessions to start the second half before the Diners took a knee in victory formation in the final possession. Uh, the Lions open field tackle, a, tackling a season-long problem that which we've talked about a lot this, uh, for the whole year was awful again. And Aiden Hutchinson, a no-show for some regular season games, was a no-show yesterday. He had zero official tackles in the biggest game of the season zero
1: yeah i noticed him two early batted down passes very early on in that game and then he was pretty quiet after that so uh the offensive line did a nice job on him
0: not the first time this has happened this year he's had some spectacular games if you just watch highlight shows and don't watch the actual games from start to finish He had a number of games this year in which he was a no-show. I don't remember any games that he had zero tackles, uh, but that was the case yesterday when he was needed the most. He was missing in action for a lot of the game. So it's a 49ers
1: 34-31 victory, and they're back to a Super Bowl, and this is the uh, 2019 season but played in 2020 Super Bowl rematch between the 49ers and the Chiefs. On the other side of the break, we'll I
0: think I heard. Did I hear yesterday that there's like 10, gay, 10 guys on each team still in the, on their current teams? Which that number seemed high to me, but yeah, that's what the, I swear I heard that. Last I would night believe on, that on Van Pelt show. I heard ten guys on each team, so that seems high, but I guess maybe not. Uh, see, I'd believe it. I just kind of went. <laughs> I just kind of went. Really?
1: The <laughs> Lions will dissect uh, where they go unrestricted free agents coordinators etc also your phone calls next
0: have you downloaded the ktus 1060 app yet download today and get all of your favorite local and national shows right on your phone
1: Welcome back to Extra Point here on KDOS AM 1060. As always, follow along with us online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app. Only a few more days left in the month of January when the Sixth Row Hoops Tickets contest ends... The game itself contested, downtown Phoenix, all the food, all the drink included for those sixth throw hoop tickets. So download the KDOS 1060 app if you haven't already done so. Register and click on uh, your opportunity to be involved in the listener rewards as we will be selecting those winners at month's end. Continuing on with the Lions side of things, their season has come to an end, and uh, I don't know that I have ever heard a coach publicly say this
0: but I know what you're gonna say
1: (laughs) (laughs) this is where Dan Campbell starts things off for us in the segment he told the team after the game to which then he relayed what he told the team after the game to reporters he said I told those guys this might have been our only shot he added I know how hard it is to get here I can I I am well aware and it's gonna be twice as hard to get back to this point next year than it was this year that's the reality
0: I think he's right, but as you mentioned, uh, rarely do coaches say that. And you know, there's been plenty of teams that thought they were in great positions after coming up just short the year before, and thought, my God, we got all these young guys, we got all these uh, you know guys, the the younger players that should get better, and for whatever reason, it didn't happen. I'm going to use a college example and use an Ohio State uh, team as an example. Uh, with a whole bunch of sophomores uh, and freshmen, for that matter, in 1979, they actually lost the national championship in the final drive. Uh, you know, they, they they had a chance to take the lead in the final drive in the Rose Bowl and lost to, lost to USC. And I remember I was at that game and I had to fly home that night uh, to get back to Prescott to work the next day. That's Probably bad travel decision on my part. But anyway, I remember flying back, just thinking, well, that was a great season. They weren't supposed to do all this. They came up short. They'll be back next year, no problem. That group never came close to getting back next season or any other season when those guys were older and supposedly going to be better. And that never happened. Uh, and it's happened to a whole lot of NFL and college teams, Major League Baseball teams, it so, I understand what he's saying it uh what he's saying, and I totally agree with him, but it's just hard to, uh, you know, to believe the coach actually publicly said that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I do agree with him as well, and uh, I think you could just look one year ago to the the Eagles and how everyone thought and it's maybe not apples to apples here they yeah, did lose. No,
0: that's a good that's a good comparison, I like that, yeah.
1: And, you know, there could be some potential similarities on the horizon if Ben Johnson, who is expected to have some more uh, interview opportunities, leaves. I don't know if Aaron Glenn is still – I know he was interviewing with the Falcons. I'm not sure if he's still a candidate for the two remaining openings or not. So maybe not 100% accurate – apples to apples here but uh it could potentially mean coordinators are on the move we already know free agents things of that so the quote-unquote run it back uh doesn't doesn't apply
0: true and uh we talked with josh alper from pro football talk in the the, the, during the sports zone and he mentioned um i think i'm quoting him correctly here but uh, i'm paraphrasing if i'm not quoting directly that uh johnson's the odds-on guy to get the washington gig
1: unrestricted free agents here for the lions as well uh we talked about him you have db cj gardner johnson you also have cornerback emmanuel mosley linebacker jalen reeves Mabin on the defensive side of the ball and then on the offensive side of the ball josh reynolds then, like, the entire offensive line, it seems like. Uh, Graham Glass now, and I'm going to totally butcher his name, but his last name is, like, Viatai, and then Jonah Jackson as well. And I think um, – what was his name as well, who was the one that technically reported eligible in that Cowboys game? Um, I'm oh, not... I don't
0: remember his name. Number 71, right? Yeah. 20, so, yeah, that, I didn't know yeah, – my bad. But I don't you – know, actually – he report, he was actually an eligible he was a tackle and uh, you know Sue was like an eligible re- receiver yesterday in the second half of that game for like four or five yeah. consecutive plays. He
1: was even in motion.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's right. I, yeah, you're a hundred percent. Yeah, I forgot about that. So it's Dan just Skipper is who I was strange. thinking of. There you go, Mr. Skipper. I used to have a dog named Skipper. I should never have a problem remembering that.
1: But the offensive line, I think, free agent-wise, is is a huge deal because we talked about their ability to be, when they were healthy and together, a really great unit. The Lions do have $57.5 million in projected 2024 cap space.
0: Yeah, and those guys that you mentioned, uh, they need to – that money needs to go to defense. And obviously this offensive line, which was win intact, which unfortunately was seldom, including yesterday – with Jackson out, and I think that actually hurt them in the second half of the game that he wasn't out there because it seemed like there was uh, some exploitation from the left side of the uh, – you know, through the offensive – left side of the offensive line, not necessarily Decker, but the guard. Then Glass now um, – I'm sorry, Ragnow, I don't know – I don't think he was totally healthy. He had some bad moments in this game yesterday, and when healthy, I think he's the best center in the NFL.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, he was listed on the injury report with everything but a shoulder, right?
0: Correct. I mean, he got blown into the backfield a couple times, which never happens.
1: So certainly it's not, you know, uh, there's there's some question marks there for the Lions. Plus, just in their division alone, the NFC North, the Packers, uh, if you think that they've kind of found something, there, building blocks, putting all those pieces together. And then, uh, you know, major question marks for the Vikings about what they're going to do quarterback situation wise. And then it looks like if the Bears are drafting Caleb Williams and their potential rebuild. But just in the division alone, uh, there there is some competition again with the Packers
0: it's going to be much better than it was. Uh, You can make it. I think you can make a case that the other three teams will all be better. Uh, So, uh, you know, you know, the Packers at the end of the season were really good, obviously, but the Vikings, uh, their quarterback, I assume cousins is now coming back. That's got to be more of a stable situation. And Jefferson missed, you know, you know, what half the season. Uh, So they're going to be better. And then the bears got better during the season. And, uh, uh, they will be, I think, eventually better. Maybe not early next season with the rookie quarterback, I'm assuming. Uh, but uh, those teams are going get, to uh, get better. But the, what I think the Lions need to do, is you mentioned, the offensive line, and I'm just going to go back to what I said in the last hour, is that they absolutely, positively have to get better on defense. And they've got to get some defensive backs and linebackers that can make a tackle in open space because they were really bad at that the entire season and when they won games they had issues in those areas
1: man how many yards did the 49ers have after contact
0: a billion i mean that's like the, you know, that's the worst possible matchup for them because obviously the you know the niners uh, for for several years have been excelled in that area uh, but not just even bad teams. This they couldn't tackle in open space, and yeah, you know, C.J. Gardner-Johnson's an interesting guy uh, because he's had some really good moments in his career. Uh, you know, unfortunately, he unfortunately, was injured for a lot of this season. Maybe he was still injured, but he was absolutely awful yesterday. So, do you bring him back after an awful game in which he talked trash for months? and didn't step up when it mattered the most. It's not, you know, the talk, you know, if you're going you know, you know, to, you know, basically that, you know, walk, talk the, walk the talk or what, How what's that phrase? Walk the walk, uh, talk the talk. Yeah. He did a lot of talking, but he didn't do any walking.
1: <laughs> we'll get into poll questions on the other side of the break. It is The Extra Point on this Monday, January 29th. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortellaro here with you. Get to those poll questions here next.
0: show Monday through Friday 1 to 3 p.m. right here on KDUS AM 1060.
1: Coming back to the Extra Point here on KDOS AM 1060. Follow along online kdos1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app. Take us wherever you go. It's time now to get into the poll questions on this Monday, January 29th, and we get things started with the KDOS1060.com poll question. Did you believe at any point this season that the Chiefs were finished?
0: Hell yes. (laughs) Uh, In fact, uh, I mentioned earlier that if anybody's listening to this show during the football season, uh, they knew my answer to this question before we even got to it. Uh, there were multiple times this season that I thought they were done. Uh, you know, whether it be, what, they lose three out of four or four out of four, it was three out of four, right, that they lost yeah. that one stretch, and they just looked awful. Uh, you wondered if, and they were lucky, you know, they, 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 when they actually made plays, you were somewhat surprised. And I'm talking about on offense, when they made plays, you were somewhat, so you were, you know, don't think anybody, I don't, I don't think I ever doubted their defense, but yeah you know, they just they did they weren't the same uh until the last 2 weeks <laughs> so uh but there there were many 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 times this year that i was totally wrong about this and yeah you know, if i were if my arm didn't hurt so much from patting myself in the back uh for the last couple of weeks some good things uh if my arm didn't hurt i'd like be slapping my yeah you know, forehead right now uh for just being stupid because mahomes is now 10-1-1 as an underdog in his career, and what the hell was I thinking?
1: So for me, I mean, it was so hard to watch these Chiefs games and see wide receivers dropping passes. Just how many times did they also – Uh, have have some plays move forward and settle for field goals. We're not used to them doing that. We're used to them getting six, punching it in the end zone. The offense looks stagnant at so many different times, unable to score points, and you just thought, I mean – Patrick Mahomes I give him all the credit that he deserves because he's so good but it's like at some point somebody else has to step up and make some plays and that used to always be his go-to connection with Travis Kelsey and even Travis Kelsey was kind of dropping some passes he looked a little you know iffy at times and so you were just like you know I don't know if the other guys around Patrick Mahomes are going to uh, have it all click for them in time to make a playoff push the defense, however remained really good you had extreme confidence in the defense and you thought man they're going to waste this defensive opportunity that they have the best defense patrick mahomes has ever had in his career on an offense that just can't quite figure it out but boy they certainly did i don't know if it was just uh all of a sudden a lot of um you know practice, uh, the games, some of the young guys that they were relying on, that moment just finally clicked for them. But in itself, Patrick Mahomes absolutely has that it factor. It is very real. I don't know if maybe that also – helps kind of just alleviate some of the anxiety for the other players because they look around and they say we have Patrick Mahomes and you don't so they don't want to let him down they make some plays and they they make those big plays in key moments Um, but definitely for a large part of the season it looked like some other team would be representing the AFC because at certain points in the season when we kind of diagnose and say well this is where we see a team become who they are the Chiefs never became who they were and you know I I never bought into the whole narrative that you know oh Patrick Mahomes is going on the road he's not gonna be able to handle that I didn't buy into any of that nonsense it was more just um you know is the rest of the offense gonna come come together absolutely did so uh I would say yeah I didn't think they'd be representing in the Super Bowl
0: yeah, you know, just a couple of things to add to what you're saying there. I did buy into you know, the, you know, the fact that I thought they were done. I really did, uh, especially after that Raiders game. Uh, but there, you know, I'm, there were times during the season where Mahomes wasn't Mahomes. I mean, he wasn't as accurate. He made some plays he didn't expect before that were his fault and not the receivers or the offensive line having issues. He just it wasn't as good. But, you know, shame on me and slap myself in the forehead again if my arm didn't hurt too much from patting myself on the back previously. But I, I just, you know, I deserve this. I mean, I deserve to feel stupid about this, and I feel stupid about this.
1: No, you don't deserve to feel stupid. I think we just oh, have to.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I do. I mean, to, you know, to, to, I sit here all the time and talk about how the NBA doesn't be anything in the regular season. Well, Patrick Mahomes, it doesn't mean anything in the regular season. We can just add that to the list.
1: I was going to flip it in a more positive context, I guess, and just say that we are witnessing – Um, just an incredibly talented person at the game of football but then also I mean he's on the perfect team too the connection that he has with Andy Reid uh, the connection that he's had with Travis Kelsey but also just there's no quantifiable way to, to measure somebody's ability to perform in the clutchest moments and to elevate your level of play and just to get everybody to believe in the and hey we're going to go do it and that seems to be be Mahomes I mean you can't argue with six straight AFC championship games and four of six Super Bowls
0: yeah and Mahomes has made Andy Reed better I mean it's not like you know, he was you know not the you know I criticize him a lot uh and his uh you know not maybe not a lot but certainly some during his days in Philadelphia and Mahomes uh, Andy Reid was not as good when Alex Smith was his quarterback Travis Kelsey was, it's, you know, he played several years uh, before Mahomes got there, and he wasn't as good with Alex Smith as he is Mahomes. This is Mahomes.
1: Uh, the masses, though, are apparently big believers, and we're big believers the whole season, uh, because no leads the way here at 57% of the vote. Yes, sitting they're,
0: at— They're lying. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I said in the introduction of pipeline when I first asked this question, you know, if, you know after 10 o'clock, be honest— These people are not being honest.
1: Uh, The the yes side of things is at 43%. That's KDOS1060.com's poll question. Let's toss it on over to X at KDOS AM 1060. Should Dan Campbell be criticized for his second-half, fourth-down decisions during Sunday's 34-31 loss to the 49ers? Okay, so Dan Campbell has – since he started with the Lions as the head coach, been aggressive. Everyone marveled at these fourth down fake punts going for it on your own 15. Holy cow, how'd he do that? So it's, it's in his DNA and it's, it's who he is. The team has obviously bought into him in that aggressive style and they play uh, with that aggressive mentality. However, I think... The point of being the head coach is to take your experiences with you, to take the analytics of saying, OK, uh, if I go for it in this particular situation with this much time on the clock and what the score is, I'm going to have this percentage of chance to win the game. Take the analytics, factor it in. But then you also have to take the whole situation in of itself to make the right call. That's your job as the head coach is to to put all of those pieces together. And for me, uh, when you had a chance to go back up three scores, that is a huge thing uh, in that particular moment. Force the 49ers to have to continue to go the length of the field. Don't flip that momentum type of thing that ended up steamrolling. You went from being up three scores with seven minutes to go in the third to it all being tied up with three minutes to go in the third. So it happened so quick. Uh, So, yeah, I would say that there is um, criticism that he should face. He has faced it. He says he knows that that's what he signed up for when he took this job was to take the heat for the calls that he makes. I'm curious, though if in the offseason, if he will, you know, continue to stay true to himself, but maybe think things through a little bit and evaluate the analytics, evaluate pairing it with the situation of the game, and maybe come up with a new formula for how Dan Campbell is going to coach uh, when the intensity is on the line and the chance to go to the Super Bowl is on the line.
0: Yeah, okay, so I'm, I'm 66 years old. Uh, So analytics has not even existed in the majority of my lifetime. And I've covered sports and I think I understand math sports wise pretty well. I mean, I think I was like five years old when I could figure out batting averages and earn run averages and so forth. But um, I've come around on one thing specifically as far as analytics down eight points and go for two uh, in the second half of a game. I get that now. And and I, and I you know, may not do it all the time, but I, I at least I understand that. I, I, I'm confused at teams that, in not just Campbell, but other guys that go for it on fourth down, in seemingly spots where you should just take the points, as I mentioned earlier in the show. Uh, take the points is you know one of my favorite phrases for many years. Uh, less of a favorite phrase of late because i have kind of you know, I'm trying to come around here a little bit. But I just don't – the thing I – the big my biggest criticism from yesterday is if you went for it twice in the second half, <clears throat> excuse me, on fourth down, why didn't you do that at the end of the first half when you had two yards for a touchdown? That I don't understand. That's it's a gotta fantastic be, point. It's got to be one way or the other. Uh, whether you're for or against the analytics part here, it's got to be – you can't do both. I mean, you got to be consistent. And it seemed like he was consistent, pretty much. I didn't watch every snap, uh, but I watched. We watched a whole lot of Lions games because they're on TV, national television, a lot. And if not, I watched some. You know, they have the NFL replays on NFL Network and so forth. Uh, it just seemed to be strange. I mean, either go for it all the time or don't. And he deviated on that yesterday.
1: I was stunned they didn't go for it there at the end of the half uh, that he, he kicked I, the somebody field was goal. On
0: four, yeah, I was on the 49ers. I was glad that he kicked the field goal. <laughs> yeah, <is> right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was rooting for the 49ers because, in part, I didn't want to watch the Lions play. I didn't want to – the Lions and the Chiefs in the Super Bowl just doesn't I think that would not be a good thing yeah, uh, you know, I, I know they played early in the season and you know Kelsey and Jones didn't play in that game, la-dee-da. Uh But I didn't want to see that. And also quite frankly, uh, as much as I like Dan Campbell, I didn't want to listen to the Dan Campbell crap for two more weeks. I'm tired of it. I just I, I'm done with it And now and for at least at least, uh, sorry, Lions fans, but at least for two, you know, until we get to like September, I'm done with it again. thank God
1: what so i need to fill the void and start talking about uh taking out some kneecaps and biting some kneecaps
0: sure (laughs) all right yes the mass which you know which is one of the greatest quotes of all time by the way that might be the greatest uh you know know, introduction of a coach or an executive at a press conference in sports history seriously
1: The masses are on the yes side of things for criticism of Dan Campbell for those fourth down decisions, 75.6% of the vote, no sitting at 24.4%. This is over on X at KDOS AM 1060. We wrap up the Monday edition of the Extra Point on the other side of the break.
0: Hey, Phoenix, Doug Gottlieb here. I'm bringing the best sports talk weekdays to you 1 to 3 p.m. right here on KDUS AM 1060.
1: 28th edition of extra point here on KDOS AM 1060 online at KDOS 1060.com. And with the KDOS 1060 app, Bob, it is thank you time.
0: As always, we thank you for listening. Special thanks to the callers, emailers, tweeters, texters, whomever, and whatever else slipped through the cracks. Also our guests today, NFL uh, conference championship Sunday analysis and some coaching carousel talk with Josh Alper from pro football talk. The rest of this week is going to be heavy basketball. Uh, NBA college basketball will uh, get caught up in some things, and you know maybe uh, as far as college basketball later this week, you know, preview some you know, big games earlier. Uh, big big games, he tried to say in a sentence form uh, that are coming uh, coming this week, and probably do a little Pac-12 at some point this week too. But that's kind of the mini plan in the in the. The front or back or the middle, or if I have a mind left at this point. Uh, sound of Day, courtesy of CBS, Fox, and 3TV. Also, special thanks, as always, to Kayla, Corey, and Aaron. And Kayla's going to tell us what's coming up next.
1: That's right. Up next, from 1 to 3 p.m., it is the Doug Gottlieb Show, followed by the Rich Eisen Show from uh, 3 to 5, the Sports 2 with Dave Rooster-Beerstein from 5 to 6, Monday Night Golf with Ray Adams from 6 to 7 and James Out West from 7 to 8 tonight. That's all happening here on KDOS AM 1060. Uh, One other time for today to make mention of it, download the KDOS 1060 app right now to... Pretty sweet prizes available to you. The uh, Sixth Row Hoops Tickets Contest taking place in downtown Phoenix. All the food, all the drink included, if you are the winner, ends at month's end. So I'd recommend downloading the KDOS 1060 app, registering, and getting yourself eligible for that selection process. Next week, the WM Phoenix Open is here. We have GA tickets for Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. You could be a winner for one of those days. Days, also by downloading the kdos 1060 app and following along with the listener rewards instructions as it is for the phoenix suns their road trip continues it's a back-to-back for them tonight in miami at 5:30. Uh, certainly you have to also pay attention to we didn't mention it when we were talking about the suns though nurkic's health with his thumb bradley beal with the nose and how are they going to fix some of those fourth quarter woes
0: Ain't happening. They're the worst fourth quarter team in the NBA this season. Uh, analytics are old-time stats. and you know, I think because of the Nurkic thing, I assume he's not playing tonight. Uh, the Suns are three-and-a-half-point underdogs to a team that's lost six consecutive games.
1: Matthew Pavon won at 13 under par on the PGA Tour for the Farmers Insurance Open, and the string of massive underdogs continues as he was 100 to one at the start of Holy the week. Moly. Yeah, but our guy Shane Lowry he finished in the top 40, so we were a winner. All right. That's fantastic All right. news. You, AT&T yes. Pebble Beach Pro-Am is this week on the PGA Tour. That'll do it for this edition of Extra Point. Have yourselves a fantastic Monday. Bob in the Sports Zone tomorrow.